The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both you the crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Let's go back to the game on, on Monday if, if we have to. You know I've been trying not to talk about Monday night. I, 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 I understand, bruh. You haven't heard me mention Monday night once. No, no, but we, we got some time to fill. <laughs> Monday night was bad. Yeah, yeah, that, that was painful, It was bro. bad. It was, it was painful, man. You know, it, it's like... There was bad play calling. There were mm. bad penalties. There was bad quarterback play. It, it, poor tackling by the defense. It, like the, the linebackers. The absence of Brandon Graham was exposed. Like, it was just bad. It was bad. Something kind of just kind of... Miles Sanders might as well have been sitting home watching the game with me. One, that was probably the biggest takeaway that I had. That they just absolutely, they absolutely just abandoned the run. In fact, no, you can't even say they abandoned the run because they never went to the run to begin with. Mm-hmm. They just left the run at home. Yeah, they just, they just said, you know what? I'm, what was it, just seven had, minutes left on the clock in the second quarter when Miles got his first carry? And what did he do? He broke he off. 20, a, he went for 20-something yards. And 23 like, yards. You know, yeah, yeah, man. We, we that good. was a nice thanks for your service. See you next week. Yeah. <laughs> I feel, honestly, when you look at week one, and, and I understand that week one was against a bad Atlanta team, but you mm-hmm. look at what they did right. You know, they started. They started the game with plays that kind of got Jalen Hurts comfortable. And I feel like what I saw, what I've seen since then, is what I was afraid of. And I feel like it's a trend. You see that with the with the quote unquote athletic quarterbacks. Whereas you you kind of you rush to kind of take the reins off in the hopes that their athleticism will cover up their shortcomings. And I'm not quite, and I'm not sure if Jalen Hurts is there where you can do that yet. You know, there, there are quarterbacks who are good enough where, you know, you can work, you you can get away from the run. Jalen Hurts isn't that guy yet. He's not that guy. That's not the game plan you want for Jalen Hurts. It was barely a game plan you would want for Carson Wentz. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a game plan you wanted for Carson Wentz. No, I mean, but what I'm saying is like that's a game plan that, w- that probably wouldn't work for him either. You know, and and now you haven't you you. That's what was frustrating about that. You're watching this game plan, and it's like. I always believe, you know, you can second-guess the coach but so much, but the fact of the matter is he's paid millions to go coach the game. I sit here and watch it on television for free. Mm -hmm. You know, and and there's a reason for that. 
nonetheless, that was, like you said, it was bad, bro. Yeah. No way around it. It was bad. So my question to you is, because I I turn to you because you are the guy that we I look for for the you know for rationality. Mm-hmm. You are the guy, you know, sensible thinking. I know the sky is not falling. Sky wasn't that far from the ground to begin with. It's not like we really. That's had- what I was about to say. Yeah. If the sky fell, how much of an impact would it really make? You know, the ceiling was pretty low for this team to begin with. And I think that's what we need to keep in mind. This was not a team that this season we came into it with real expectations. They were going to be world beaters or a playoff team. This is why I said the biggest reaction, overreaction, excuse me, after week one was going to be people saying the Eagles are a playoff team because they beat a very bad Atlanta team. There were things I saw in that game where Jalen Hurts missed throws and just got away with it because he was playing a bad team. Or the or Atlanta for it stopped running the ball when they were gashing it gashing us with the run on their first two drives and moving the ball pretty much at will. There were things that happened in that game where it was just like Atlanta didn't want to win. They're not a good team. And people saw the final score of 32 to 6 and said, oh, wow, you beat somebody like that. You must be good. This quarterback must be good. Nah, that wasn't necessarily what we what you saw on the field if you paid attention. I'll give you a perfect example. There was a third and four in week one against Atlanta. And Quez Watkins on a crossing route like like maybe a three, four-yard deep drag route across the line of scrimmage for the first down. Makes the catch, picks up the first, and I hear people say, oh, that's a good catch, good play for the first down. But if you watch the replay, Quez Watkins has to stop because the ball is about a yard behind him. Hmm. Whereas if that ball was placed a, a yard in front of him, He's probably running for another 50 yards because he had that much space. But he was so open that he was able to catch a bad throw after making a good adjustment to a ball behind him. It wasn't that the quarterback made he made quarterback made a great read, but we never questioned Jalen Hurts' mental acumen or intangibles. We questioned the one thing you shouldn't question with a quarterback, and that's arm talent. Do at this point, how 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 worried are you about his arm strength and his arm talent? I'm not worried because I never really believed in it. Mm-hmm. I honestly never thought Jalen Hurts would make it past this year, this year. I mean, there is a reason that a guy that has as many positives as Jalen Hurts when it comes to being a good decision maker, good leader, great intangibles, all these things, intelligent, mobile, doesn't get drafted until the second round. Mm-hmm. And that's because he lacked the arm talent. We all knew that from the start. His arm's not the strongest. His arm is not the, the most accurate. And if your arm's not the strongest, you definitely need to be extremely accurate. 
You know, arm strength can let you get away with some things. But if you lack the arm strength and defenses are able to read a ball like, oh, he left that inside and I have time to jump it because it's not coming that fast, you're in trouble. And and in the NFL, you can get away with that when you have at Alabama when you have four, literally four first round receivers as your pass catchers. But you get to the NFL, it's a different ball game. Because mm-hmm. people forget he had Waddle, he had Smith, he had. Um, Henry Ruggs, and oh, who was the fourth? There was a fourth one that went in the first round over the last couple of years. Waddle. Um, what was it? I'm forgetting the fourth, but there were four of them: Waddle, Ruggs, Smith, and. But regardless, mm-hmm. if you're throwing the four first round receivers in college it's going to look a lot better than it will in the NFL when you don't have that kind of talent disparity between the receivers and the corners. You got, you know, you can see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, um, so yeah, that, that's the way I look at that where it's like, yeah, uh, hurts. I like you, but, you're probably a backup at best. Mm -hmm. And the Eagles were probably telling the truth when they said we were drafting him to be a backup, which kind of makes it even worse of a pick in retrospect. Mm -hmm. Because when you have a team that was as void of talent as you were two years ago, and you draft a backup in the second round, what are we doing? No, you're right. So, I've tried. I try to stay away from necessarily like quarterback controversy talk because uh, I feel like there's not a quarter. There's not a quarterback on the roster that I want to see if they could become the the quarterback of the future right now, other than Jalen Hurts. To me, I feel like before we start talking about benching Jalen Hurts, he has to be a special brand of awful. Monday was bad. Last Sunday was bad. But not the bad where I don't even think he would, I don't even think he was Carson Wentz last season bad. When I think of bad where you got to bench a quarterback, that's what I think. I think of Carson Wentz last year. And I was a Carson supporter. But it came a point where it was like, you know what? I, I can't support this. If y'all want to bench the dude, just bench him. So, you know. Truth be told, though, I'm going to be completely honest. If the offensive line were healthy this season, Joe Flacco would probably give you the best chance to win games. 
But Dang. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. Really? But okay. I mean, uh, absolutely. Explain that if you can. It's good decision maker. He has a good arm. Mm-hmm. Arm was arm strength, arm talent. Never been Flacco's issues. Flacco. He's not mobile. Mm-hmm. He's, he's kind of he's kind of a statue in the pocket. But this is why I said if the O line is healthy, if the O line's healthy, that's actually a really good line that can keep a clean pocket for two and a half, three seconds. You actually have speed at receiver this year that guys that are able to get open as opposed to previous seasons. And so for the short term, based on the experience and knowledge that Flacco has, I believe he would probably give you your best chance to win games this season. I don't think it makes you a playoff team. I don't think it makes you a contender of any sort. But which is why I I wouldn't think it worth it to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're simply looking at winning the most get as many games as you can this year, Flacco's probably your best bet. I think you can't you can't go to Flacco until you you have to be ready to be you have to be ready to give up on Jalen Hurts. And I'm not ready to give up on Jalen Hurts. Rough outing against the 49ers, rough outing against the Cowboys, which will probably be a rough outing against the against the Chiefs. Maybe you have an opportunity for some get right against the Panthers, maybe. Then you got the Bucks. Raiders, Lions. You know, I, things got to even out. This, this is too rough of a patch to say, hey, you know what? This is too rough of a patch, and I don't believe that Hurts has been that awful that we need to start thinking benching him. We might okay. have to We might I'll, have I'll, to rethink, is he I'll the quarterback of the way. future? I'll ask you this way. I'm not ready to bench him. Okay. Do you believe, from what you've seen so far, that Hurts – has shown the ability to be a league average starting quarterback. League average. League average, not great. League average. He has not shown me that he can be league average. Then what are we talking about? but he has not shown he also I just don't think I've seen enough period like I don't think I've seen enough to say all right you know what he can't be either I'm saying we could be having this conversation again in a month and saying all right you know what he's improved mm-hmm. I just I I think after three games two games against two pretty pretty two pretty good teams you know he's taking his licks mm-hmm so I'm not quite sure if I'm. I can say, all right, he can't. But, he can't be uh, a guy. Listen, mm-hmm. But that is not for me. Yes, he's taking his licks, but I'm seeing things like. Okay, it's not just the I'm leaving the pocket too early. It's the I've clearly underthrown a couple deep balls when 
if I had the arm strength to get it there, all I have to do is lay it out and that guy is gone. It's the 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 pick six from Monday night. Mm-hmm. That's one of the worst throws I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. In a long time. That throw, the deep throw where he leaves the ball on the inside shoulder and it turns into a pit. Those are things you can't do at any level. That throw is going to be picked at every level. These are things I'm looking at and like, mm, I don't know that I can trust this guy to be league average even. Okay. And if that's the case, if I'm leaving him out there this year, it's really just to improve my draft stock for next year. I'm evaluating the rest of the talent, and which is why I, if I don't think Flacco's making me a contender, it's no reason to put him out there, even though we might win two or three extra games. Mm-hmm. So my question is, so at this point now, you're still drafting. There, there's a good chance, there's a good chance this team will have three first-round picks next year, depending mm-hmm. on what happens with Carson Wentz. At least two, probably least two, three, probably unless he three. shut down because they're losing a lot as well. Yeah. Do you – you're drafting a quarterback first round next year? If there's one I like available. Early early and on. Get, and expect if, – if, okay, let's say if I have a top pick, mm-hmm. we end up with a top five pick. And there's a quarterback there. Yes. Okay. But I'm not revisiting the route they went with Carson and Wentz, where they invested a lot of draft capital to move up, mm-hmm. unless I know it's the guy. Mm-hmm. And I know, and of course, it's still early in this college season, and there's a whole combine, pro day, mm-hmm. team visit thing to go through next offseason before to evaluate these guys. But if you fall in love with a guy and you really believe he's the guy, sure. Okay. But the next time you take a quarterback, and I do believe it's going to have to be within the next two years, either this year or next, that you got to get it right. I hear you. I hear you. All right. uh, You heard Mark. We had Mark Gunnels on the show. Shout out to him. Thanks, you know, thank you to him for coming on. Mm-hmm. He he pretty much thinks it's going to be the Chiefs and it's going to be pretty ugly. Do you agree? Yes. And that's not really that hard for me to say. No. Yeah. I, that's not a, that's not a huge limb to go out on. <laughs> this Eagles team doesn't have the the mm-hmm. firepower doesn't, to keep up. Doesn't have the firepower and now Okay. And now, I, I, how should I say that more correctly? Because I believe if you gave, you know, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, these what the Eagles receiving core of a group of weapons, they could put up a lot of points. Mm-hmm. But Jalen Hurts ain't those guys. Jalen Hurts ain't those guys. Okay. No, but no. you know, you give Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, and Quez Watkins, he's going to run it up on you. I understand. I understand. All right, well, look, you let us know what you think. 
of Eagles. Their matchup with the Chiefs. Jalen Hurts as the future quarterback. Hit us up on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Jonesy and Brown. Or at DITW Sports. Remember, you can download this podcast whenever you want. When we come back on the Jonesy and Brown podcast, we will talk to Mark Gunnels of the Mark My Words podcast and a contributor for Arrowhead Pride. And we will break down the Kansas City Chiefs as they prepare to come to Philadelphia to take on our Philadelphia Eagles. All that and more right here on Jonesy and Brown. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. I'm Brandon Graham from the Philadelphia Eagles. Every day during the COVID-19 pandemic, our frontline workers are out there serving us. Bus drivers and grocery clerks, sanitation workers, police, firefighters, and healthcare workers. They're taking care of us. Now let's take care of them. Wear a mask when you go outside. Protect yourself and protect others too. We can do this. Let's mask up, Philly. Help stop the spread. If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Network. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Both you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Jonesy. Eagles have lost two in a row. I did not fulfill a promise. I said that the Eagles lost to the Dallas Cowboys. I would block Ashley Baker. I did not block Ashley Baker. I should have blocked Ashley Baker, but I did not. So I, I, I called myself being mature. But we got to move on. It's a new week. It's week four now. And in, into town comes the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be a tough matchup, so we got to talk about it. So let's bring let's bring in our guest. Got a good guest for you today. From the Mark My Words podcast, he is a contributor to Arrowhead Pride. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the show today is my man Mark Gunnels. Mark, what's good, family? Hey, man, how you doing? Appreciate the intro. Hey, I've wanted to block Ashley Baker a few times myself. So <laughs> exactly. I totally, I need, I need totally to, understand where you're coming from. I needed somebody to feel my pain. Yeah. You, look, unfortunately, the Eagles play the Cowboys twice this year, and we play Tampa Bay in three weeks. There is a good chance before – Halloween, I will have blocked Ashley Baker. 
Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I like her a lot. I respect her as a journalist, as a podcast host, as a as a as somebody who's just just a monster in these Twitter streets. But Ashley just might get blocked within the next three to four weeks. <laughs> it, How about this? How about you just you don't block her, but you just mute her for like a week or so? You know, yeah, that's you, a, that's a you know what? That's a, that is a, that is a great. That is a great and suggestion. Then she won't know you still follow her, but you just mute her it, so you don't have to see her stuff in your timeline it, for exactly. a bit. You know what? That's that that's why we bring him in. Yeah. That's <laughs> why we that's why we brought you in. That's a good idea. It's a great idea. All right. Mark, let's let's jump right into this, man. Um yeah. head coach Andy Reid. He's a guy who's still beloved in this town. A lot of people still love him. A lot of people still think about him. What is the latest on him and and the uh, health scare that he uh, gave us earlier this week? Yeah, so he actually spoke to us today uh, for the first time since the incident. Uh, he's doing well. Uh, he came out and opened up and said things are great. The people took care of him at uh, KU Medical Center out there in Kansas City, very uh, well-respected uh, hospital there. Uh, he's doing good. Uh, he didn't really want to talk about it, honestly. People kept asking about the situation. He's like, I'm, I want to talk about football. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about week four. I respect you guys, you know, that you guys were concerned and stuff like that, but I'm ready to move forward. That's what his mindset was. You guys know how Andy is. He's, yeah. a, he's a football guy first. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like all the extra the distractions and stuff like that. So it's good to see that he was just focused on you guys this week. Mm-hmm. Now, a couple of a couple of years ago, in fact, this is something I, to- I, I told you before we went on the air. We had uh, Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride on our show to talk uh, Eagles and Chiefs. Now, this was before the two straight Super Bowls. This was before, you know, before that. But Andy has had a measure of success. And one of the things that uh, Pete pointed out was just in contrast to where the Chiefs were before Andy got to town and what Andy has done since he's gotten there. Like I said, this is before the Super Bowl, but he, they were basically like Andy walks on water in Kansas city. He can do no more. And now that he's won the Super Bowl, I'm sure he, you know, people got him up there next to Martin Luther King and and Jesus on a, uh, (laughs) on a kitchen mantles. Like, like, yeah. What was yeah, the I mean, he can he can do no wrong. I mean, before Andy Reid, we were going through head coaches like every other year. I mean, Herm Edwards, uh, Todd Haley. You remember he was mm-hmm. the art coach for <laughs> uh, Romeo Cornell was the intern coach for a while. Like we've we've been through the ringer mm-hmm. uh, for a minute, man. Since Dick Vermeil in the early two thousands, that's the last time we had some stability before Andy Reid. So. Just having that has been a welcome sign in Kansas City because, like you said, even before the Super Bowls, with Alex Smith, we're a consistent playoff team. We're still winning the AFC West, you know, things of that nature. Now, we knew we weren't a Super Bowl team, but just being that stable contender in the playoffs every year was good enough for us at that time because before that, we had some dark, dark times. Mm. So that was a welcome sign, and then now it's just obviously at a different level. Okay, so with that being said, how is the city feeling at this moment after a one and two season start to your season? Like, wh- where is are people? I, I know it's too early to really to truly hit the panic button, but where is the concern level about the Chiefs at this point? 
Yeah, the concern level actually is relatively low. I mean, um, of course, you have your your occasional crazy fans calling to the sports talk saying, we make the playoffs, uh, we the fire so-and-so and things like that. But for the most part, I'll say, I listen to sports talk radio in Kansas City. I'm in L.A., but I listen to the sports talk KC like every day. So I kind of get the pulse of the city. And I'll say about 80 to 90 percent of the fan base is not concerned because the way that the Chiefs have lost is self-inflicting wounds. Through the first three games, the Chiefs have turned the ball over six times. Last year, the Chiefs haven't had their sixth turnover until week nine. So they had their sixth turnover through three weeks. Last week didn't have until week nine. I mean, against Baltimore, if Clyde doesn't fumble the ball, they win that game. They're already in field goal range to win that game. Game's over. Mm-hmm. Last week, four turnovers against the Chargers. They didn't turn the ball over once, and you still had a chance to win the game. So, I mean, there, there's there's no level of concern unless you think the Chiefs are going to turn the ball over six times over a, a three-game stretch for the rest of the year. Jonesy, do you hear this, this rationality? <laughs> do you, do you hear this guy just, just offering just rational – Reason. I mean, here's a man, team one and two, and just offered just complete, you know, he's making sense. Look, this is Philadelphia. We, we, we don't do that around here. We, you know, we do panic. We do heads got to roll. We do somebody's got to get fired. Somebody needs to get traded. Somebody needs to get benched. So for you to come out here, come on our air and say, hey, man, look. Yeah, we won in two. But, you know, we can write this ship. Uh, this this is new. You might as well be speaking French to us, man. Uh, I, I, well, you know what? I will say this, though. Prior to Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City was kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Kansas City was kind of like that. Um, because I will say, we never had an athlete like this before. Mm-hmm. We've, we've never had a guy that can just calm a whole entire fan base. I mean, mm. he really does bring that calming effect, fan base, especially along with Andy Reid. And like you said, we've had the recent success. So kind of, I would say Chiefs fans are kind of acting brand new right now. <laughs> like they kind of are acting brand new. Like you don't remember the the dark days? Like we're, we haven't just been like this for the mm. past 20 years, but these last two or three years have really spoiled the fan base. I will say that. Is there any concern on the other side of the ball? I, I get how having a guy like Mahomes on the offense, leading your offense, can give you a, that sense of calm in your offense's ability to score points. Is there any concern with the defense's ability to slow down some of the better offenses in the league? Here's the thing with the defense. People are are just – we've kind of accepted the fact that we know this will not be a great defense. Like, we already are going into games knowing that this team will not be the 2000 Ravens. Like, we know that. Mm -hmm. But last year and the year before that – well, especially last year. Well, no, two last two years. The defense has gotten better as the season has gone on. That's kind of been the theme with Spagnuolo's defenses since he's been here. They start off slow, and they get better. And they just get good enough. I mean, last year, I think they finished 10th in points allowed. I mean, people don't, wouldn't even think that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and the defense is pretty much the same guys there. They only lost Bashad Breeland. So, I do think they will get better as the season goes on. Um, the national media doesn't really know about this guy named Willie Gay. Second-year linebacker. Hasn't played the first three weeks. He may play this week. 
He's their best, most athletic linebacker. I think he makes a big difference in the run game. So we'll look forward to see if he plays this week or not. And I just think um, they just have to be good enough, guys. I mean, week four, week two against Baltimore, Lamar ran all over us. They scored 35, 36 points. But at the end of the day, if Clyde doesn't fumble at the end of the game, they still win. The Chiefs could be very well 3-0 right now if the offense doesn't turn the ball over despite how bad the defense has been. And you got to imagine they're going to get a little better. So that's where we're thinking right now. Right now, down the line, you're looking at the Eagles, which is a team that's kind of struggling to find its identity. Then you're home against Buffalo, which is a tough matchup. Buffalo seems to be legit. Then you're at the Washington football team. They're a mess. You're at the Titans, who's also struggling for, uh, kind of struggling with their identity. And then you got the New York football giants, who are absolute dumpster fire. You look at that down the line. Do you see that get right that your team needs to kind of right this strip, uh, right this ship? Yes. Interesting. You mentioned those games. I literally just tweeted yesterday. I said the Chiefs will win the next five games. Uh, I love the way the schedule's setting up. And then after that, you play. Aaron Rodgers, big showdown in Kansas City. So I think they'll win the next five. Um, I just think – I just really just can't imagine this team just keep beating themselves. I mean, Mm -hmm. I just haven't seen it happen that much. So this is just very unfamiliar territory. I mean, you got Tyreek Hill fumbling the ball in the red zone. Clyde, two fumbles in two games. He hasn't fumbled in his career before that. Mahomes making these very arid decisions that he normally doesn't make. Uh, sorry for your Philly fans, but you guys are right with the doctor ordered for us this week. Yeah, look, uh, unfortunately, that's that's just uh, that's just the reality of it. I, no offense taken. It 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 is what it is. I I can't I can't fault you. Uh, you made an interesting roster pickup uh, this week, bringing in Josh Gordon. Now, will he be eligible to play this Sunday? Will he be playing Sunday? Well, technically, he is eligible, but he would not play Sunday. Um, Andy Reid came out and said, uh, basically, that he wants to see him practice for a couple weeks, get into the playbook, because the Chiefs mm-hmm. have a very complex playbook where Andy mm-hmm. Reid likes for his receivers to know not only what you're doing on your route, he wants to know what all the other receivers are doing as well on their route as well. So, you know, it's going to take a couple of weeks. I wouldn't expect him to play, I would say, Week six against Washington. That's when. That's my target date in my mind for Josh Gordon. All right, well, give him some time to get up to speed and into game shape. Yeah. Okay. What did you okay. think of the move, real quick? What did you think of that move itself? I like it. Uh, I've always wanted the Chiefs. I think one thing. I mean, this is going to sound like a, a spoiled child, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you think the Chiefs. What are you missing on offense, right? But. We've always clamored for that big body receiver uh, because, I mean, obviously we got Kelsey, but we never have had that guy on the outside. Like we saw what the Chargers did. I mean, they were just throwing jump balls to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Mm -hmm. We don't have that element on our offense. That's the one thing we are missing in Kansas City. So, I mean, I think it's a low risk, potential high reward. We got him for cheap. He's nothing, no no money. Uh, If it doesn't work out, cut ties with him. If it does work out, then the number one offense in the league just got a little bit better. So looking at this week, the Eagles-Chiefs game coming up, the the Eagles – okay, I'll put it this way. After week one and the Eagles beat a bad Atlanta team, I told JB that the two biggest overreactions in the NFL 
were going to be that Sean Payton fixed Jameis Winston and that the Eagles were actually a good team. <laughs> Just had to throw that Winston shade in there, didn't you? I, I had to. Just had to. When, when nobody, when nobody even talked about Jameis Winston, and you just, Jameis Winston wasn't even. I got notes for what I was going to talk about today. Jameis Winston wasn't on them. Just had to oh, throw that in there. Uh, but that being said, the Eagles, they they've got deficiencies in a lot of places. There's some youth that lacks experience. Your quarterback. His arm talent is a question. Your defense is the holes in places, injuries at other places. How does Kansas City avoid a mental letdown going into this game? Or do you think the two uh, early losses will be enough to prevent that? Yeah, I don't see no scenario where there is a mental letdown in this game. Um, after losing two in a row, uh, your head coach going to the hospital. I mean, if I'm a player, I, I would assume that I was part of the reason why he went to the hospital. I mean, that the, adding the stress of the game and he's he was dehydrated. I, I think I, I would take personal pride that maybe our bad play has something to do with it. Of why is why he went to the hospital, and now he's back. He's playing against his former team. He's going for his 100th win, by the way, as a chief. Which would be the first? He'll be the first coach in NFL history to win 100 games with two different teams. And how ironic he used to do it in Philadelphia. I mean, you can't make this up. <laughs> just like Tom Brady's going to break the passing record in New England. Like some of this stuff is just like, mm -hmm. is it scripted? <laughs> so I mean, I, I see no scenario where the Chiefs have a letdown unless they turn up all over six times. <laughs> and I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, they're going to be very focused. Mahomes said today in his press conference that he actually looks forward to the challenge. This is the first time that we've had some adversity during the regular season in the Mahomes era. He's looking forward to it because now he's like, there's no, there's no waiting. Like normally start off fast in mm -hmm. September, but now you're one and two, you dig yourself your hole. It's, it's go time now. So you guys just happen to be the first team in the way, unfortunately for you guys. We're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, this game's going to be ugly. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see how any scenario that this is a close football game. I mean, okay. considering the fact you got Andy Reid coming back, he's going for his 100th win. He just came out the hospital. Chiefs lost two games in a row. I mean, you're going to get the most focused regular season Chiefs team I've ever seen in the Mahomes era this week. What was your prediction for the Chiefs at the beginning of the season? Uh, record, uh, yeah, 15 and two. 15 and two, so that's on thin ice because now they can't lose another game. <laughs> uh, but I did pick them to win the Super Bowl this year. I still think they will end up winning the Super Bowl. Uh, like I said, I mean, this team could be easily 3 0 right now despite the defense being awful. Mm -hmm. And I do imagine them getting better as the season goes on. And they just have to be good enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Chiefs are going to score 30 points or more, I think, every pretty much every week. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, your defense has to do, be good enough to hold teams to below that. I think they will be. Uh, but 15 and two probably won't happen now. Probably looking like maybe 13 and four, I would say. Skipping ahead, because I think we are, we're all seeing this week's game pretty much in the same light, unfortunately. You said that you have the Chiefs as your pick for the Super Bowl this year, which to me would be the makings for a very interesting test case. J JB will tell you, I 
I'm a long student. I've long been a student of the numbers when it comes to certain things. And the only quarterbacks who've ever won a Super Bowl while making more than 10% of the salary cap were named Manning, Favre, and Young. Mm. And Breeze. I'm sorry. I knew there was an extra one. Manning, like both Mannings, Favre, Young, and Breeze. And Steve Young, when he did it, it was the first year of the salary cap with a, with a team that was built before there was a salary cap. So we could kind of – he had the highest number of the group at 12%, but he's also the outlier because that team was built before the cap was put together. Tom Brady, had when he hit that 10-year gap, 10% threshold, had that gap between Super Bowl three, his Super Bowl win three, and his next appearance, which was almost 10 years later. And then he started taking pay cuts. So it will truly be a test to see exactly how great Pat Mahomes is with this new extension kicking in. So I'm I'm picking against them strict to win the Super Bowl strictly because of history says that's a difficult task to do. Um, yeah. So I'm just wondering, how much of a challenge do you think that will be? Or do you think the Chiefs just have enough talent where that's not even an issue? Because most teams shed talent by force when you pay the quarterback. Yeah, well, I think um, it kind of goes to, I guess, where you were saying about Steve Young to where it hasn't really affected the talent at this point yet. Uh, maybe next year, uh, Tyron Matthews, a free agent after this year, they still haven't locked him up long term, which I'm Surprised they didn't get that deal done in the offseason. Uh, so if you lose him, that's a huge loss defensively next year. Uh, but you still got Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and McCole Harmon, both on rookie deals right now. Mm -hmm. uh, your offensive line is you got three rookies on rookie deals. You got They signed Joe Tooney or got traded for Orlando Brown, but he's a free agent after this year. But I think they'll probably tag him. So for this year, I think they're fine talent-wise. Now, next year and the years after that, then we have a whole different conversation. But I think this could be the year where they could still cash in and go against your 10% your stat. And then also, if you look at the AFC, uh, I mean, just, I mean, despite the Chiefs wanting to start, I mean, who, who can you say with confidence you're picking against the Chiefs in the playoffs? I mean, mm -hmm. Buffalo's a really good team. I like Buffalo, but the Chiefs were 2-0 against them last year, beat them in the playoffs. Uh, Baltimore, do you really trust them to beat the Chiefs again in the playoffs? Honestly, um, based on the numbers and the, and the theory yeah. that I'm presenting, I, I would guess the biggest obstacle to the to the Chiefs would probably be the Chargers. Yeah, I, I, talented, I could buy, quarterback I could buy that. Rookie deal, which allows you to have the talented team around them. I, I, could, I could buy that because I was even thinking before the Chargers even beat the Chiefs that who's the second – biggest test to the season AFC and it may be the Chargers but the thing with that is if you say that then you probably would have to assume they're going to win the division because I just don't see them winning an arrowhead again come playoff time so if they win a division the Chiefs are a wild card then hey then all bets are off at that point but I still think the Chiefs will win the AFC West mm -hmm. uh, and then who else you got in the AFC you got the Titans I'm not buying them as a legit threat um, so, I mean, I think it's still the Chiefs, man, until proven otherwise. 
Okay. And then obviously the Super Bowl, you gotta win the Super Bowl. So who we play in the NFC? The Rams, Bucks. Now I think that would be a huge challenge. But as far as the AFC, I still love the Chiefs' chances to get back to the Super Bowl. Okay, it's just interesting to me because when you look at those those numbers, I threw out everybody who was above ten percent. Now, if I also take take away Tom Brady, who's also an all time goat, what you're left with is all the other Super Bowls or quarterbacks on their rookie deal. Once they get paid, it's hard to win. So, so I, I just, I, I agree with you that I still think Kansas City has enough talent to get it done, but I do think this will be an interesting challenge for them this year and moving forward, as you know these new contracts and extensions start to kick in. You almost have to get every draft pick right to be able to compete at that point. But here's my contrast to that, though. What about the competitors? Josh Allen just got paid. Mm-hmm. Baker's going to get paid. Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert still has a little time. So maybe the mm-hmm. Chargers are the team that has a, the most wiggle room for now. But those other quarterbacks are going to get paid as well after mm-hmm. this season. And Josh Allen just got paid. So maybe it's going to be a new thing where just all these guys are <laughs> getting that 10% to where it doesn't even matter anymore. Uh, we, we would think that, but it all, it always seems to work out that there's some new, young, talented quarterback on his rookie deal. So maybe Herbert, Herbert's your guy for the next three that, years. That, which is why I say Herbert seems like the, the challenge for in the current moment. He would seem like the biggest obstacle because of the situation being what it is financially. If he's the real deal, you can afford to put a better team around him than you can anybody else. Yeah. With that I love Justin Herbert too. I love. I think he's really good. That's going to be a mm-hmm. great, great rivalry for years to come. Him Absolutely, him was first twice a year. It's going to be great. With that being, with that being said, uh, I guess in that conversation, because it is a conversation that Jonesy and I have had uh, on this show a couple of times, just about how you build a team around a player. When, how you build a team around a quarterback once you've broken him off. Once your quarterback mm-hmm. is broken off, how do you build that team? And full disclosure, real quick, JB, I'm going to let you finish, but full disclosure, I actually keep a graphic in my phone of the salary cap percentage of winning Super Bowl quarterbacks, just so I can always have this <laughs> argument whenever it's necessary. I love it. <laughs> and and I, I can, as someone who argues with Jonesy regularly, I, I, <laughs> I, I, can, I can attest to that. He, he's talking about, like, Look, that's 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 a that's a story for another day. But that be, that being said, though, I want you to speak like speak about your faith and your belief in the Chiefs' front office and the young players that they have brought in and how they are going to how because it's going to be up to them because just like you said, you know, Matthews on his on his deal, you break off Mahomes might not be able to keep a, a, a Tyron Matthew, you know. So who talk about that? the new young nucleus who are fans looking to as you know, as the future of the Kansas city chiefs? Well, I mean, that's, that's an interesting question because uh, offensively, uh, ideally you would like it for it to be McCall Hardman and Clyde Edwards, Elaire, but mm-hmm. uh, both of those guys are uh, not in favor with the fan base to say the least right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so Hardman uh, all off season, the debate was who's going to step up to be that wide receiver too. Who's wide receiver number two going to be? Who's going to take pressure off of Tyreek Hill and Travis Guy? And that's why they got Josh Gordon. I mean, <laughs> there, there's a reason why they got him. If McCall Harmon was balling out, there there would be no need to get a Josh Gordon. So that that's concerning. 
with him on his rookie deal still. Uh, Edwards Elaire, uh, he actually ran the ball good and to his credit besides that fumble. So now is the thing now where it's like every time he holds the ball, people are holding his breath. Like, don't fumble the ball. <laughs> so um, that's concerning. But I will say this, though, with Travis Kelsey, you know, for a tight end, we've seen tight ends perform well into their 30s. He's only 31, 30 years old. I think he still has another four or five really, really good years left in him as long as he stays healthy. To his point, mm-hmm. yeah. And to the point you were making, yeah, the Chiefs are in that situation now where they do have some young talent that Mm -hmm. Andy Reid is going to have to coach up and get ready to be the faces of the franchise moving forward. And the front office, they're going to have to hit on some draft picks and bring in some new high-end talent that is cost-controlled for a couple years. And that's that's the challenge of the GM. It'll be fun to watch how that shakes out. To date, very few teams have been able to do that successfully. Well, we need to thank our guest, Mark Gunnels, host of the Mark My Words podcast, contributor for ArrowheadPride.com. Make sure you check them out when you want to hear the latest on the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, we need to take a break, but when we come back, it's time to shift gears because this Ben Simmons story just won't go away. We will talk Ben Simmons when we come back. And coming up a little bit later, we do have Anthony Gilbert from NBA.com and the host of the Knowledge of Self podcast. That's coming right up on the Jonesy and Brown podcast. You feel this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com. Slash BITW Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. I'm Brandon Graham from the Philadelphia Eagles. Every day during the COVID-19 pandemic, our frontline workers are out there serving us. Bus drivers and grocery clerks, sanitation workers, police, firefighters, and healthcare workers. They're taking care of us. Now let's take care of them. Wear a mask when you go outside. Protect yourself and protect others too. We can do this. Let's mask up, Philly. Help stop the spread. If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jonesy and Brian. Both you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brian. Now we got to shift gears. Because like we said at the beginning of the show, not a lot of good news going on in Philadelphia. I feel like, what's crazy is, I used to work on a show. I used to work on a show called Breakfast on Broad. 
It's hosted by Rob Ellis and Jillian Mealy. Also had good friend of the show, Barrett Brooks and Sarah Baker. Show didn't last long. Show was on maybe two years before it was canceled. You, why the show failed is for another show. We're not going to talk about why the show failed. But what we are going to talk about is what happened in Philly sports as we were trying to launch a morning sports TV show. During that time, all four Philly sports teams were bad. We're talking the Chip Kelly Eagles. We're talking the Ryan Sandberg Phillies. We're talking about the beginning of the process. We're talking about Embiid's rookie year and Embiid's second year. How did he play those two years? Let, let, Let me answer that for you. That would be not at all. We, we we got to watch a real we got what we have on tape what we have on film for Joel and B, yeah Joel and B's first two years in the league not his first two years playing his oh. first two years in the league mm-hmm. we have a we we have a a, a a lot of tape on his suit collection and and and, and his street clothes that's what that. we saw. A lot of video of him shooting jumper. Yes. Yes. So we're talking we're talking the, the Nerland Noel sixes. Mm-hmm. Michael Carter Williams. Mm-hmm. Tony Roten. Isaiah Cannon. Isaiah Cannon. Was it Tim Ish Fraser? Smith. Ish Smith. Yeah, those mm-hmm. those are the guys we're talking about. Also talking about the Craig Baruby Flyers. All four teams were bad during this during this era. Also during this era, Moses Malone died. Daryl Dawkins died. Buddy Ryan died. Pat Summit died. Muhammad Ali died. We moved the show for one week from the Comcast Network, which was like the secondary channel, to the main channel, Comcast Sportsnet. The very first day we were on Comcast Sportsnet, Ed Snyder died. That's what that's what we were dealing with for the two years. Some of the biggest names, Muhammad Ali died while we were do, doing that show. Mm-hmm. While we were doing that show, some of the saddest news stories. This is Comcast. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty... Uh, um, just some of the 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 saddest news, and the and the saddest sports teams. This is you know Chip Kelly, you know major story, when Chip Kelly blew up the, uh, the the team, traded Lashawn McCoy, cut Deshaun Jackson. Phillies Ryan Sam Ryan Sandberg quit. Just up and quit. 
was like, you know what? I'm good. Don't need to do this anymore. And, and I'd rather not be here. Yeah, I'd rather not be. I'm I'm good on this. Yeah. So bottom line is that that's how bad it was. And it, it seems like we're, we might be getting back to that. Yeah, I understand the Phillies might make the playoffs. The Phillies have a chance to make the playoffs, but the Phillies are dookie. I, come on. Eagles Eagles going to be dookie this year. I, be, I believe the Sixers could be a playoff team, but we're talking about the we're talking about a uh, a a team a team that was number 1 in the East last year. I I think without if if Ben Simmons does not play another game for the Sixers, I believe the Sixers could make the playoffs. But it's that that bottom tier where you know what, hey, maybe they'll get in. Maybe seven, eight seed. Yeah, se- yeah, seven, eight seed. You know, maybe if they can challenge for, maybe if they can push for a, a six, maybe a five seed that they can maybe even win it a, a, a couple of games, maybe even a series, but not a team that you're going to have serious. Uh, uh, you're not going to include them in your title contenders. They're just going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be good enough that they will not get it. They will be good enough that they won't be in the lottery. This They're going to be pre-processed sixes. The, the AI Sixers. The AI Sixers. The, uh, no, AI, and, and, uh, Andre Iguodala. Yes. Yes. Good enough to maybe win a game or two against the real good teams. Now, I will say this because I'm now starting to wrap my head around the fact that it, the Ben Simmons era is over. Because I have been somebody who I have been a staunch Ben Simmons defender. I've gone to war with some people on Twitter. There was a writer from the West Coast. I will not say his name because I still think he's a clown. But there was a writer who me and him just got into it one day over Ben Simmons. You took his side, but I forgive you for that. You're still my man. I took his side? Yeah, you took his side. Oh, that means he was right. No, no, no. Oh, oh no. That means both of y'all were wrong. But nonetheless. Is that the case? Yeah. Because uh, where are we right now? I said we're not going back to that. I mean, I'm not going back to that. I mean, you just said we were wrong. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, where uh, are we right now? Nothing. That's, that's, not what we're, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not my point right now. That's exactly what but we're none, talking But about. nonetheless, <laughs> the fact of the matter is I have, I have defended him. But right now, like he, I don't, I don't get what he's doing. It, I, I, I'm going to put it to you like this. You know, he, he seems to, it, it seems like he wants, well, he wants out. Mm-hmm. He wants a situation where it's a better, you know, a team that's a better fit for him, a team that's kind of built around his talents. But I don't think I'm not quite sure he's in a position to go to a team like that. He's just going to go to a team that's not Philly. 
to me, it just seems like it's a, like no, know what he sounds like he wants to be. He wants to be Larry Hughes. He wants to be the best player on a bad team. Get his numbers, get his buckets, get his 18 points, his nine rebounds, his nine assists, whole bunch of triple doubles. Team still loses, never makes the playoffs, but he, you know, he's the leading scorer. He's the leader of the team. He gets all he gets whatever shot he wants, whatever he, shot he wants to take. Couple good highlights, whatever. He wants to be Larry. He wants to be Ricky Davis. That's what it sounds like to me. You're shaking your head. Uh, I mean, what? I mean, now, because I don't want anyone to say this is revisionist history. Okay. So, you could go back and check my tapes from the year from the, when Ben Simmons was drafted, mm-hmm. and I questioned the basketball fit of him and Embiid. Then I questioned whether not Ben not Ben Simmons' talent, but whether or not he was effectively a winner then, mm-hmm. because of things I saw at LSU. Mm-hmm. I. So I, yeah, so I question. These were questions. So, so anyone bringing this stuff up now, I think it's absolutely fair. When these were questions I saw from the beginning, then, now, what I didn't see happening was that along the way, he would never be serious about fixing the flaws in his game. What I saw was okay. Those aren't his necessarily his his natural strengths, but you, none of us could have foreseen this to this extent. It's almost like he's been trolling the fans of Philly for the last five years, waiting for his chance to do this and get out. When you you see these videos of him shooting jump shots and this doing that and the other, then you get to a game. It's like. Are you even trying, Ben? Or do you? Are you just like some spoiled, entitled brat who needs everything to be their way, or they're not even going to be engaged? I can't find a tweet. I, I wish I had it now, but it was a tweet from a couple of years ago when Brett Brown said about Ben Simmons. I need Ben Simmons to just attempt three, one three again. Yeah, one three again. And I think he I, had shot one the game prior, mm-hmm. and then he didn't shoot anymore for maybe the rest of the year. I think the, I think the the tweet basically said from the day Brett Brown said this, Ben Simmons has attempted like fourteen threes. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy. And to me, it's like you can't. I, I, I hear the scenario that you're presenting, you know, and I, I think that's more like a that's like a doomsday scenario that he was just doing this to 
to get out of town. He's, he, you know, this was he's playing. He was playing the long game, trolling the city, trolling fans because he wanted to get out of town. And I just don't want to believe that Ben Simmons could be that maniacal. Mm-hmm. But it's getting to a point where it's like I, I don't, I, I don't know if I have enough. You know, I. What else can it be? What else can you say? And it's just, but it, but it's it's sad because the fact of the matter is, even, even if Embiid and Simmons aren't a perfect fit. What have you always said was the biggest issue when you have Embiid and Simmons on the court? You have always said it was an issue of, you said it was an issue of spacing. Mm-hmm, absolutely. When Embiid and Simmons are on the court, it's an issue of spacing. But you've also said that that can be addressed if you had if ben, if, if, ben, if ben Ben Simmons just has to attempt jump shots. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like, okay, you know what? Yeah, maybe you and Embiid aren't a perfect fit. Because that's the thing. It's not like you need Ben Simmons to be Steph Curry. Yes. You, you need him to be functional from the free throw line. And willing, not not like he's like a Seth Curry even. You just need him to be willing to shoot when the def- defender backs off of him. That's it. But and I guess that's that's what's frustrating about this. That is that is the frustrating thing about this whole scenario because it's like what exactly what is are the Sixers? Asking of Ben that he has such a problem with. It's like, look, bruh. Yeah, you are a good, you are a great defender. Mm-hmm. One of the best. You're one of the best defenders in the league. You are a great facilitator. You mm-hmm. find the open man, you find the open man better than anybody. You get to the basket, you find the open man, and you can, and... And you you have an ability to find your shot. Not all the time, mm-hmm. but you, you can do it. Oh, he could absolutely do you it. Can, you can. If, if, the thing is, if he were willing to shoot a jump shot, it gets easier to get to the rim because mm-hmm. the defense isn't sagging back in your driving lanes. Like, all, everything else, you, like, it's not just you make more space for everyone else. You make mm-hmm. things easier for yourself like with that. Because if your primary desire is to get to the rim, then the best way to facilitate that is to be able to pull your defender out further past the three-point line, and then I have room to go by him. If I let him sit back, now I can't get to the rim. And so, therefore, what exactly are the Sixers asking of Ben? I feel like part of the problem, part of the problem is Ben is letting everyone talk for him. He's letting his agent talk for him. He's letting his agent sources talk for him. Mm-hmm. Explain this to us. I've sat here and, and and I've listened to people who think that Ben, who believe that Ben is, uh, I guess, you, me, 
Javon, Adio Royster, we were on the show a couple weeks ago. And we talked about how we felt like Ben's representation, Rich Paul, Clutch Sports, were mishandling this. They weren't doing Ben a favor. Mm-hmm. I had had people disagreed with me. Thought Rich Paul was playing this perfectly. None of us did. None of us did. I and but to me, I, I feel like I don't under. There are some people. There, there. I feel like Ben has run out of supporters in this city. Mm-hmm. Ben is Ben. Ben is Ben has succeeded it's, it's in turning this entire city against him. But see, it's a funny thing if you say that because I honestly believe that if Ben showed up at Sixers training camp tomorrow, say, you know what, guys, I was tripping. Mm-hmm. If he showed up at training camp tomorrow and said, you know what, guys, I was tripping. I got my head right. I'm feeling better. Let's go ball. And he, hit the oh, court, yeah. and he hit the court doing what he needed to do. All would be forgiven. The fans would love him. Yes. If he hit the court playing the way he needed to play, all would be forgiven. All this, I need to go. All I want playing fans. All, nobody's thinking about any of that. Mm-hmm. If he got on the court and did what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I, I, I completely agree. But I feel like I and in the back of my mind, and that might and this might just be me being naive. I admit that it this is just me being naive. There's there's part of me that still feels like, you know what, that, that could happen. I want that to happen. Giving mm-hmm. up hope I'm 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 slowly but surely giving up hope if I have not given up hope altogether. But I I just don't, I don't get it because I feel like in, in the conversations or whatever, like I've heard different, different scenarios. Like I hear Minnesota and, and what I hear about Minnesota is basically the Sixers ain't dealing with Minnesota unless Anthony Edwards comes back. Mm Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons on Minnesota without Anthony Edwards aren't as good as the Sixers were last season. I think they win some games, but the problem is you go to you t- you put Ben Simmons on you put Ben Simmons on Minnesota. That's the same team, just not as good as the Sixers are now. You got it's a team built around a big man that needs to get the ball, and you're not going to shoot jumpers, so you're going to run into that same problem again. Hmm. But if I think though any team, if they're playing Ben as the primary ball handler, and he's unwilling to shoot, it's going to have this problem to some extent. As long as he's not willing to do what he needs to do on the court, mm-hmm. he's the problem. And if I see him go somewhere else in game one, he's playing like he should have been the whole time. Then yes. Then I'm gonna really feel some kind of way about it. Oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Our first show after that game, mm-hmm. he, it will be the official roast of Ben Simmons. Never been. I've I've, I've never been one to burn a jersey, but I will. You know, I, I'll have the. I'm not gonna burn it because I paid good money for it, but I'm gonna have some disdain for it. You might see me throw it into a trash can or something. 
and then pull it out later, wash it, and put it back in my closet. <laughs> but, but just, I mean, to me, it just seems like if Ben, you know, if Ben is not going to change his game, if Ben's not going to change his game, he can only take a team, but so far. I think mm-hmm. he'll, you know, he'll go to a, he'll go to another team. He'll get he'll put up numbers. He'll make All Star teams. He'll be in conversations for Defensive Player of the Year, things like that. And the team will go no farther than this Sixers team went. Might win series against bad playoff teams, get up against better playoff teams, and lose. To me, I, and I, I, I will put it this way, and I've said this to you before. Personally, I would rather bang my head against the wall. I would rather come on podcast with you every week and lament about Ben Simmons' game not changing with him still on the Sixers than them trading him for a loss. Yes, you know, maybe the Nets, maybe the Nets are, I, I don't know about the Nets, especially with this whole vaccine thing. And that's a whole, that, you know, with the, with the whole vaccine thing and Kyrie possibly mm-hmm. missing out on games. Uh, at this point, if he's unvaccinated, he can't play in home games. Yeah, exactly. Similar situation to Wiggins and um, Golden mm-hmm. State. Yeah. And the most recent development along those lines is that the league is not going to pay those players for those missed home games. Mm-hmm. So that, that being said, if Kyrie is going to dig his feet in the, you know, dig his feet in the ground on that one and not budge on that, then mm-hmm. I don't know about Brooklyn. I don't know about Brooklyn. And at this point, yes, Atlanta beat Philly last year. Yes. Not taking that away from them. But how much of that was overachieving? Can they do that again? Did, is, is, how is, much is, of that was Philly underachieving? Yeah. Let's be honest about it. Yes. That. How much was that? Was a team playing their, their very, very, very best basketball at the right time against no, a see, team playing their very best. But, bu- but that's what I'm saying. It, it was not that. Atlanta did not play that great of basketball. Philly, Philly played yeah. that bad of basketball. Because mm-hmm. if you remember the series, like game Philly was up what two, two to one, one, two one, yep. And then games four, five, six, they blew double digit leads in all of those games mm-hmm. because your primary ball handler who runs and facilitates the offense offense had to leave the floor. Had to lead the floor, giving the ball up early. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if your primary ball handler, the guy who sets the tone for your offense, becomes a liability and can't do his any of his job anymore because he's unwilling or scared to do that one part, and it makes him unable to do any of his job. That's what happened in that Atlanta yeah. series. But that and and but I guess that being said. Would you would you be confident in saying as bad as the Sixers were, as bad as that looked, mm-hmm. could they be that bad? Could that could Lightning 
could bad lightning happen twice? Like to the Sixers? Yeah. If you have the same point guard and he yeah, has the same yeah. problems, the, it'll keep happening. I, I guess what what I am saying is, and there's nothing to there's nothing to stop you from saying that this couldn't repeat happening. I know this. You know this, but I mean, if you have the same player, unless he fixes his problem, mm-hmm. it will be the same thing. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. If if somehow Ben were to come back, he still has to address the issues in his game. Agree. Agree. And well, anywhere he goes, mm-hmm. he's got to address the issues in his game. Agree. But right now, it's just looking super ugly. This is, I mean, and he's just, and I guess to the point of, we, I, I've heard people defend Ben. Mostly out of town people. People watching from the sidelines. To me, I feel like there are two, or there are two overreactions. There are two storyline narratives that are kind of exaggerated when it comes to this talk of Ben Simmons. One being one from Ben supporters saying the team threw him under the bus. I don't believe the team threw him under the bus. I think the team was candy. I think the team was disappointing. Maybe they might have said some things that they wish they had back. I, you know, I, I've now heard Doc try to tra- talk around this a bunch of times. All right, you know what? Stop right there. Let's actually talk about this. Okay. What did Doc say? What did Doc say? You want the exact Cause you quote? Said, because you said you've heard him talking around it. What did he say that he needed to talk around? Doc, Doc was asked a direct question. Can you win with Ben Simmons as your point guard? Mm-hmm. Can you win a championship? And he he said, didn't say mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. He didn't say yes. Said, he I said, don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a real answer. You yes, don't know until yes, you win. Yes, but that's but that is to the point that I was making. So many people, I said that's I said it's an exaggeration that people feel like the Sixers threw Doc under. Excuse me, the Sixers threw Ben under the bus. Just to the point that you made, you asked what did he say? He was asked could he win with him, mm-hmm. and he said I don't know. But you, of course, Ben wants to hear that. Of course, he can. Mm, He's our guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's twenty twenty one, and everybody wants to be coddled. That. But certain. do you see what I'm saying? But, do Do you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That that is an exaggeration. That is, you know, the narrative is, oh, the Sixers threw Ben under the bus. But when in actuality, all Doc was asked was, could you win with him? And when you look at how the Sixers lost that series, when you look at how Ben played specifically in games four, five, six, and seven. How is, I don't know if I can win with that. Look at the effort that you got. I understand, I understand what Ben was able to do when, when he was matched up against Trey Young. That cannot be denied. But the fact of the matter is, Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks were playing in the conference championship after winning a game seven in Philadelphia. So to me, the notion that the Sixers threw Ben Simmons under the bus, that's an exaggeration. That's not what happened. Now, the other exaggeration goes on the other side. 
When I hear people talking about, oh man, how can Ben Simmons want out? We babied him for so long. He was babied by this city. I don't think he was. You know what? Uh, I'm getting upset. I don't even want to talk about this no more. JB, what? you can wrap up the show. I'm done. What? What? Mm-mm. What? No, I don't even want to talk about Ben Simmons no more. He he could do what he want to do. All right, have fun. I'm out. I'm out. I'm done with it. All right. Well, let me let me make this let me make this last point. I've never seen you just give up on a topic. No. He gave up on basketball. Mm. He gave up on us. He yeah. gave up on winning. I don't mm. want to talk about it. I will that. say this. You hear so many people in the city talk about how they babied Ben Simmons. How they treated him with kids' gloves. I don't think that's necessarily true. Ben Simmons' issues have been Ben Simmons' issues, and people have talked about Ben Simmons' issues since he's been a 76 Oh, no, they babied him. I don't think they you babied what, him. You, you, oh, you know oh, what I, happens if you're not babying him? Oh, you're not doing that? Come sit down. I, I I will put it to you like this. Oh, you're not doing this? I'm not giving you a max extension. But they I, kept facilitating now him. Now, they kept facilitating okay him. To do. I, don't think, so, I don't think fans babied him because the fact of the matter is the Sixers have been – I am not – I am not denying that Ben Sim- that Ben Simmons play was not problematic and that Ben Simmons did not have an issue. This is not me saying that this is not a problem. I'm not hiding it. I'm not running from it. Ben Simmons's issues were Ben Simmons's issues. But the fact of the matter is since Ben Simmons has been in the league, the Sixers have been a perennial 50 win team. And so see, that's that mentality that let people baby Ben. Simmons. No, no, but, but what I'm saying, right no, 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 no. Let, let me, let, let me, no, let me, let me, no, let me, let me make my point. Uh, what I am saying is not that when you're winning 50 games a year, how much criticizing can you do? A lot. When are you going to boot? You when, can absolutely do Sixers, a lot. Sixers have been winning 50 games a year almost every year. They've been a perennial 50-win game, 50-win team. They they have been okay. almost unstoppable. Let, let me finish my point. Mm-hmm. They've been almost unstoppable at home since Ben Simmons is over that run. They play very well at home. They've been a great home team over those years. When are you going to boo Ben Simmons? Right, how are you going to boo Ben Simmons in a game how that you're winning? The, how many of those years did you actually think they were a legitimate threat to win a championship? No. What I'm saying is that no, I'm not no. not. Oh, J- JB, mm-hmm. how many of those years did you actually think they were a legitimate threat mm-hmm. to win the championship? None of them. If they weren't a threat, mm-hmm. no, let, if okay. they're not a threat to win the championship any of those years, there's a lot of room for criticism mm-hmm. and for improvement. Uh, no, and I, we I, sat back and said, we're winning 50 games. I assume he's going to get better one day. And I was the one sitting here saying, I'm not seeing evolution in his game. I'm not seeing the development I need to see. This was me saying that. Mm-hmm. So I know what I'm supposed to see. Yes. Like, no, people but, are being but, but, soft on this big guy because we're winning games. I we and, and, soft but, on him but that's that. But that's what you I'm saying. But that's him. what I'm but that's what I'm talking about. You did say it. you didn't say it to yourself. You said it to me. You've been saying it to me for years. But I was the outlier in No, saying you weren't. That. There were plenty of I people was saying it. Absolutely the outlier in saying You that. said it. The bo- look, I'll say his name one time. This is the one time I'll say your name on my show. Jason Dumas, you said it. You, there were plenty of people who said it. No one gave he wasn't getting a pass. He never got most, a pass. Most of the fans gave him a pass, I don't and think you so. know it. I don't the think the fans. So. I, I don't think because you, you know Philly fans. You see 50, 50, mm-hmm. 50 wins, and we get irrational. 
Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I, I see that point. I don't, but I just, I don't think he necessarily got a pass. I, th- I think he had his critics. I think people, I think the pro- what we're talking about now, we have been talking about for years. We have been talking about that for years. I don't believe he got a pass. I don't think he got a pass at all. I don't think he got a pass, and I don't think the the team threw him under the bus. I think it is what and, it is. But I I do think I do think we have now. Co- I would say mm-hmm. that being the guy who was critical of him, mm-hmm. I was always in the minority in those conversations. I was always in the minority in those conversations. I I, I don't. Well, seeing that it's, the show is called Jonesy and Brown, not Jonesy and Brown and a group of other people, I always thought you, you, 50% of the people <laughs> on this show criticized him. I, I will in, say that. On this show, yeah. 50, well, in, well, this is the only show that gen- matters. In the general population, I'm in the minority of those conversations when I'm criticizing Ben Simmons and saying he's got to fix these flaws or we can't win. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he does this. He does that. He's great at this. Well, what, he's what? getting these... He's averaging 18 and like, so what about the numbers? Basketball and people, this is where people get lost. They see numbers and think numbers mean success. Basketball requires certain skills to be played at the highest level. Mm -hmm. And I don't care what numbers you get. If you don't understand the basics of how the game needs to be played, Mm -hmm. you'll win regular season games with nobody's game planning. Okay. I hear you. But come playoffs against better teams and better defenses with game plans, that all falls apart. I hear you. When we sit down to do the show next week, is Ben Simmons still under contract to the Philadelphia 76ers? I don't care. When we sit down next week, if Ben Simmons is still a member of the Sixers, are we going to talk about him? Nope. You can talk about him, but You're, we're not talking about we're him. We're not talking about him? All right, I got, I'll have to find somebody to talk to. It's gonna be, it's gonna be blank and brown. Might be brown and brown. On that segment, you can have, you can have that segment all yourself. You're done. JB You're done, huh? You're all done. done. You're all done. All right. all right, Jonesy thinks he's done, but we got a little bit more. Let's. We're gonna come. We're gonna take a real quick break, and then when we come back, we're gonna bring in Anthony Gilbert from NBA.com, and we will we will try to continue this discussion on Ben Simmons. Right here on the Jonesy and Brown podcast. You feel this podcast? To hear this more, go to soundcloud.com slash BITW Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. I'm Council President Daryl Clark. It's crucial we stop the spread of COVID 19 in Philly. So follow this advice from the doctor and his friends. Stay home, keep social distancing, wear a mask when outside, let's stop the spread. Hi, I'm Julius Dr. J. Irving. In the middle of the coronavirus outbreak, the best way to show brotherly love and sisterly affection is by keeping your social distance. Now more than ever, we all have to do our part to help save lives. That means staying at home to stop the spread. We all need to do our part to save lives. You know what that means? Stay at home, stop the spread. We can do this together.
If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to totalsportslive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know totalsportslive.com. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Work. You're listening to Jonesy and Brian. Both of you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brian. All right, you are back on the Jonesy and Brown podcast. We got to keep this Ben Simmons conversation going because it just won't go away. It's the topic that won't go away. We had to bring in our good friend from NBA.com, Mr. Anthony Gilbert. Where do you even start with this? Where do we even start with this foolishness? Get straight to it. I guess we start with Game 7. Does it start with Game 7 or does it start with like maybe Game 3 or 4? You know what? Honestly, since you asked the question, it probably starts at like Mount Verde High School, mm. you know, or Mount Verde Academy, because Ben kind of came into the NBA, and so somebody wrote something on Twitter, and they were like, "Everything you needed to know about Ben Simmons is in that documentary on Showtime." Mm-hmm. Mm. And I was that's like, powerful. "Wow, that's, that's a powerful. good tweet right there," mm-hmm. <laughs> and it makes sense because. I think Ben's an amazing player. I don't know him personally because he never really let anybody in. And that's cool. That's his prerogative. Mm -hmm. Um, But I always kind of got the feeling that, like, he felt in his mind, like, I have nothing to prove. I already have made it. Mm. Um, And I asked him a question one time. I said, you know, Ben, I heard you talking and you said you wanted to be great. And I was like, what does that entail? And he couldn't answer it specifically. You know, if you ask a player, like, mm-hmm. you want to be great. You want to be great in this league. You want to mm-hmm. be known decades after, you know, your career is over. They'll tell you, like, I mm-hmm. need to work on this. And I, and I want to do mm-hmm. that. And I want to accomplish this. And, and as a team, we want to get, you know, maybe two or three championships or at least mm-hmm. Try to get a three P under our belt, you know stuff like yeah. that. But he it's a results get... and numbers based business, right. so there's right. usually some sort of tangible goal there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He couldn't get specific, and he kind of lured me over to this dark alley and was like, "Well, I'm an all star," and I was like, "Okay, okay, okay, <laughs> so... uh, all right." Um, yeah, Percy Hawkins yeah. was an all star. You know, that's a fact. That's a Dana fact. Barrows was an all star. You Dana know, Barrows, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, if, I mean, it, it, it's a it's a good accomplishment. You know, you you have yeah. you have a nice little souvenir jersey you can put on your wall. Um, yeah, when, man. When, when Don't that's, that's little 
basketball don't disrespect card. Data Barrels. That kid can play ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. JB yeah, making the, um, faces. No, no, ask no, you a question, no. JB. No, no. The, not... the, 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 uh, the, the Cape Verdean brother from Boston College. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like Dana Barrels. I like Dana like, Barrels, too. Like, like, <laughs> I, and I, the I second best number three in, in, not, in Sixers history. I'm not going to get stuck here. But I, just because JB made that face, I'm going to throw this out here. Mm-hmm. Okay. If they were able to be physical in today's NBA, who's to say Steph Curry isn't Dana Barrows? Okay. I mean, fair, now, fair assumption. All I'm, saying is, all I'm saying is Dana <laughs> Barrows had a bomb season with the Sixers, then signed that big deal with Boston. You never heard from him again. That's 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 that's, yeah. that's what the um, face is Back to Benny. I mean, all right. So here's another strike against the whole situation. He got a max contract. Mm-hmm. And still has so, four years left on it. Yeah, so that kind of <sighs> to the uninitiated, that could really ruin your work ethic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely, like, you're comfortable every, now, right? And every year, Philly fans and NBA fans all over the world they see the videos on Instagram, and he's shooting the lights out. <laughs> And then comes the nine, season. ten threes in a row. There we go. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to rain on the parade. But mm-hmm. like in the season, he doesn't shoot the ball. And I don't know if it's a situation where, as he's concerned about his percentage, or if he truly is just not comfortable. But he doesn't do it, and he does other things well enough. But when you're in the league, you have to continue to add to your game, right? Mm-hmm. Great or not, that's your job. And um, I think that the the two people that said it best on media day were Embiid and Thibel. And Embiid was like, look, we don't have any problems other than the fact that, like, we just didn't get it done. We didn't get it done. We didn't win. We weren't good enough. And we got to continue to work. And we got to turn the corner because, you know, this city, these fans, they deserve our best. And they deserve a championship. And I thought that was like, I thought it came from the heart. You know, some mm-hmm. people say that, but I, I, mm-hmm. I believed what Joel was saying. I thought he checked himself and his ego. And he was like, look, man, you know, we haven't won anything. But we can win together. Mm. And I want to win, you know, as a, as a unit. And then Thibault talked about, he was like, who wouldn't want to play for a fan base that is knowledgeable and that cares and that checks you when you're not living mm-hmm. and, and performing up mm-hmm. to par? And I was like, there we go. Mm-hmm. Guys that get it. Guys that get it. <laughs> guys that get it. You know, and, and, and the thing about both of those guys, they have tried to um, integrate themselves to the Philadelphia community. Mm-hmm. You know, Joel and B used to run through South Philly, like yep. like Rocky Balboa. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And and, and Thibault just mm-hmm. did, like, hosted, like, a photojournalism day with, like, random strangers. You know, mm-hmm. of course, supported by you know, one of his endorsements, but I thought that was cool, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. people, people did that. Like, wow. Exactly. A chance to actually interact. Yeah. Connect yeah. you to your fan base. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. that extra bit more. 
Yeah. And yeah. then um, I don't want to keep beating up on a man, but we're just speaking facts, right? Mm-hmm. Ben's we're never telling here. Right. Ben's never tried to ingratiate himself to people mm-hmm. here in the city. Um, and again, that's his own doing. That's what he wants to do. But like a number one pick, man, you know, look what AI did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not hard. Work hard, play hard. And, you know, you don't have to go to Fridays. Mm-hmm. No, right. Play hard. Yeah. Yeah, they if you play hard, Philly will love you. Yeah, yeah man. But the last thing you want to do is tell the fan base, this is your fault. Because, you know, unfortunately, yeah. the people don't forget here. <laughs> no, nah, they don't. They, that's, they, the prop, that's the downside of having a knowledgeable fan base is that <laughs> they're aware of all those little things. Yeah, man. And, and I, I think something that uh, Jonesy and I kind of talked about was just how, how Ben is trying to play this. Just this play of getting himself out of town. Mm. And it just seems, it seems to be gross mismanagement on yeah. the, you know, by mm-hmm. Ben and clutch sports. Cause it seems like they're doing the talking, you know, it's, it's, it's man. It's his representation. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. sources. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's things like that. What do like, you, it's my position. Like just to, just to right. add to that, that, I don't honestly believe that Ben has the leverage with four years left on his contract to say, I'm just not going to show up, sit out. And also at the same time, <laughs> I want to pick my destination. Right. I don't think he has the leverage to do both. Yeah. Well, he's not, not it's is, your fault when you're, when, when we're in this situation. Right. His stock is going down. Mm-hmm. He's acting like a preteen mm-hmm. that hasn't gotten their way. And, is he a once in a lifetime type player? He can be. Um, but is he that right now? No. And quite honestly, I don't know if he has released a statement or not. Mm-hmm. But whatever is being spoken about him, none of it is good. Mm-hmm. And and I think on me today, I think Daryl Morey said it best. The question was. What are you and what are the Sixers organization going to do when Ben doesn't show up, when he continues to demand a trade, so on and so forth? Daryl Morey, in a very um, fun way, he said, well, the contract is written as such that it'll play out and take care of itself. So (laughs) essentially, (laughs) they're just going to find him. Mm-hmm. And he's just he's just gonna lose so much money and value. And 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 what I read today was like he's prepared to sit out the whole season. Now, now I have a question with that in mm-hmm. regards to that. Just for clarity's sake to anybody listening, if Ben were to decide to actually sit out for the entire season with four years left on his contract at the end of the season. Would he have that one year of service gone where he's at three years of on, remaining on his contract? Or does that essentially get on, put on hold while he's not playing? And there would still be four years of service on his contract. Yeah, so once the season starts, that's when the meter starts running. So he would essentially 
forego and forfeit this upcoming season if he doesn't suit up. So he will be fine. He will be in breach of contract. Um, They might even be able to get, like, arbitration and litigation. Like, Daryl Morey seems as if, and he was super nice about it, which is the scariest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that means he knows something. Right. He, he's ready to just like, all right, that's how you want to roll it. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll do that. That's cool. We got Tyrese Maxey. Mm-hmm. You know, you go sit over there. Cool. You know, and it's it's sad because, mm-hmm. yeah, people forced their way out. You know, if you look at James Harden last year, showed up out of shape and all that fun stuff. Um, but – uh, you know, we see that more and more in today's NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And be it good or bad, I think it's just something that we're going to be getting used to and we're going to be talking about for quite some time. Shout out to my man Kareem. Uh, he's watching the interview on uh, Facebook and YouTube. He says he doesn't blame Ben. He says this organization is a joke. He blames the organization. How much stink is on the Sixers as this plays out? I think that's a good question, you know, and and Kareem, I I appreciate the input. So the organization has some blame in the sense that from day one, he was coddled. They held his hand, you know, so it's kind of like chickens coming home to roost. You know what I'm saying? Like you started this Philadelphia 76ers organization And now you have to deal with, you know, the end result. Um, I'm laughing because I was saying the same thing earlier about him being coddled. (laughs) Yeah, they did the same thing with um, Markel Fultz. And while he had an injury, I still felt like when he was healthy, they held his hand a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the – the NBA is the highest court in the world. And this is the best of the best, 450 players. Yeah, look, man, it's a job, right? Yeah. And it's a it's a high paying, high profile job. We're not we're not holding your hand, you know. If you have mental health issues, okay. But if you're just like stubborn and petulant, that no, doesn't work. No, 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 exactly. So yeah. They they created the monster and then well they might not have created it created it he might have kind of been that already but, but they, they emboldened him at least they emboldened mm-hmm. they gave yeah. him the battery in his back and was <laughs> like so I think that's an interesting point from um, our viewers out there um, so they do have some responsibility because under Brett Brown and I've spoken to the former head of security. It was pretty lenient, man. Hey, mm-hmm. curfews at this time. And, you know, the head of security would come back and be like, yo, I got to lock the door. That's it. And Brett would be like, well, maybe they maybe they made a mistake. <laughs> don't don't lock the door. It's like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, there's certain coaches that wouldn't fly under. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like um, like a Nate McMillan, like a Pop. You know, they, they're not they're not playing those games. They're like, at the end of the day, championships are won from the top down. Mm-hmm. So front office, you show me a front office that's really well intact, in tune, got all the T's crossed and the I's dotted. Mm-hmm. I'll show you a championship team. Miami, 
Los Angeles. You know what I mean? These are the teams that that win championships. Dallas. You know what I'm saying? Do you, yeah, some discipline and structure from the top mm-hmm. down. Do, so mm-hmm. do you believe that there's there's a pivot now? Now that Maury is running the show, now that you got Doc uh, in under him, those two are running this show together, is, is there a pivot? Is this the first step of them trying to pivot in a – in a different direction. Well, yeah, I think on the on the consumer facing side, they're mm-hmm. going to say all the right things. But behind closed doors, they're like, "Yo, man, we got to move on. Mm-hmm. Like, forget forget this dude. Just find him. You know, go to the fullest extent of the of the mm-hmm. bylaws. <laughs> we got to move forward. Mm-hmm. That's what I think they're doing. Um, and 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 it's evident." It's evident. Uh, you're going to see, uh, uh, once the preseason starts, you're going to see Tyrese Maxey with the ball. We saw that um, in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He was getting some serious, like, love and some shine. And people were saying it. Like, man, mm-hmm. we got to kind of let Tyrese go. Well, now's that time. And I think even Tyrese said the right things. Because they were like, you know, you guys got the same agent. And he was like, yeah, we do. But uh, <laughs> I want to be here. Yeah. What did you think it's, of that? There you was know? a rich, at yeah. some, one point the report that Rich Paul wanted all of his clients yeah. out of Philly. <laughs> yeah. What did yeah, you think yeah, of that? Man. I, I mean, I, I just thought it, of it as like hearsay. You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna, you're always gonna, there's gonna be something to say about that because he's on, he's with Clutch Sports too. But mm-hmm. I thought the young man handled it well. He was like, "Yo, Ben is my brother." Yes, we got the same agent, but I want to be here. He's not stupid. He don't want to shoot himself in the foot with mm-hmm. the fans. He just got here, <laughs> you know? And and he knows that he's going to have the ball in his hands because his uh, collegiate backcourt mate up at the Knicks, he going to have the ball in his hands uh, mm-hmm. quickly, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it's going to be a pretty interesting to see those young brothers get the rock, but it's a young man's league, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not our league. Like it used to be with Ahmad Rashad and back in the day, <laughs> it's it's a young man's league now. <laughs> yeah. So with that being said, mm-hmm. it seems as though we're we should be getting prepared for a prolonged standoff between Ben Simmons and the Sixers. To date, are we even hearing talk about any realistic trade discussions? That's a great question. The only one that I've heard that had some type of ground to it is um, Sacramento. Mm. You know, so, I mean, I'm sure Buddy Hield would be in that mix because you have somebody like a Joel Embiid, you want shooters. You Mm -hmm. know, we saw that with, uh, you know, Seth Curry and J.J. Redick and uh, Tobias Harris at times and, you know, you that man needs shooters, you know, and I, I thought it was interesting that supposedly Ben said, I want the team built around me because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. their styles don't fit. Right. Whatever. Really. You know, yeah, I, I, heard I that disagree one, with but... that. Mm-hmm. Um, ben I chose not to address that <laughs> Right. Ben doesn't shoot the ball terribly exactly. well. Mm-hmm. I know he's a facilitator and a defender, but he still would need to if the offense was built around him, he would still need to pull a 15-footer every mm-hmm. now and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't care who's on <laughs> with you. As the primary ball handler, if I'm never willing to shoot the ball, I'm never able to properly space the ball for my teammates. 
Right. Guys I are agree. just sitting off me in passing lanes, no matter who, what style player I have with me. They're right. sitting and you off know, in passing lanes. You know who's going to play well this year? Um, B-Ball Paul. Mm. He's going to play well this year. And I think with Ben off the floor, I think you might see a little bit more cohesion offensively because mm-hmm. the ball won't stick. Like, yes, Ben passes, but sometimes in his hesitation to shoot, mm-hmm. he passes when he should shoot. Shoot. Because the, the flow coaches, of the game. Right. The coaches the I've always played for would be like, shoot it, man. I get was it, that coach. Get it up there. Get that mm-hmm. ball up there. Like, get an attempt. We could always mm-hmm. grab the rebound. So, yeah, you know, and – you know, Daibo tried to cover for his homie, mm-hmm. and he was, you know, he tried to break down that last play, and it was like, eh. <laughs> he's 6'10". He, he should not throw a no-look pass when he's under the basket. Yeah. Everybody knows right. that. But Daibo still trying to get his back, though. Daibo yeah, still nice. trying to get his back. That's a good teammate. It is. I don't I mean, know anybody and, who wouldn't want to play with a Daibo. Right, and that might be coming from the front office. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, look. If you're going to go on J.J. Reddick's podcast, just be mindful that we want Ben back, mm-hmm. quote-unquote. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you believe that? Do you really believe that they want him back, or you you, you think? Nah, I think, I think the relationship is severed. And, like, to trade him, you have to say you want him back, mm-hmm. right? You can't say, ah, get rid of him. His value people, is already down because all right. of his all-court performance. Right. You get to a position mm-hmm. where the team says, we don't want him, we want him gone too. He mm-hmm. has zero value. Right. Now, as much as I would love to trade him to Vancouver, they no longer have a team there. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> trade him to Vancouver anyway. Maybe you know, maybe the Grizzlies might come back at some point. Maybe, you know, he can go out there, he can find, uh, uh, what was it, Big Country Reeves. And yeah, he can, Blue uh, Edwards. Blue Edwards. Mm-hmm. Man, you know Blue saying? Edwards, Greg Anthony, Greg Anthony, Mike, Mike Bibby, Mike. Oh, Mike Bibby was the man. Sharif, Sharif Abdul Rahim, <laughs> number one pick. <laughs> Ooh, the Vancouver yeah, Grizzlies, man. man. Yeah. The Vancouver Grizzlies. Uh, so honestly, we uh, Jonesy and I had talked about this before. Mm-hmm. You know what? What? What are your expectations? How good can the Sixers be? playing 82 games without Ben Simmons. I think there's, I mean, there's still a playoff team. Yeah, for sure. Um, Where they, where they gain some cohesion offensively, Mm -hmm. they lose on a defensive end. Yeah. You know, because Ben is a, he's a big, you know, perimeter defender with Mm -hmm. long arms and all that fun stuff. But, I mean, there's always going to be a silver lining. And I think that um, you know, Paul getting out there and Tyrese getting out there and letting the young guys play mm-hmm. um, and play early so that they can be better players late. I, I think it can work out. Now, are they going to get the number one seed? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it'll probably come down to like a meeting with Atlanta. Brooklyn, or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably in the same second round. Like, here we go. Like, how many second rounds can Philly play? Uh, I don't know. But if they get to the second round again, 
and lose. Sports history teaches us that it's time to blow up the team. And they already have a baked-in excuse with Ben. (laughs) So, we'll see. So, trading him is at the top of the list because you want to get somebody that can come in and contribute um, offensively for sure. This is Mm. offensively. Um, And then you need assets, you know, and Maury's really good at that. So, we'll see. I mean, I know... I know where when Orlando traded Chris Weber to Golden State, mm-hmm. they got like I think six first round picks, mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. and like it eventually led to a title run. But you know, the mm-hmm. big guy left. We know what happened after that. So I don't know. I don't know if you you don't necessarily blow it all the way up because mm-hmm. you still haven't beat. All right, well, mm-hmm. but my man, you my, might be able to tweak it a little bit. Kareem says trade and beat. They don't yeah, get out. The, they don't get. They don't make. The, they don't make. They don't make it out the second round. Do you trade and beat? Do you, are you looking to trade the not, big man? Not this season. Not if, yet. Not if, yet. If, if if you mm-hmm. do get rid of them, you you play out this season, and then during the season, you're consistently evaluating him and the team, mm-hmm. and if they lay an egg in the first round or second round, then you're like, okay, this is what we're going to do this summer. Mm-hmm. We're going to draft this guy. We're going to get and beat. And that's how you do it before the draft because that way you get your assets. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So then you could go into the draft with your picks and your assets and your mindset on like, okay, this is where we're going. But I would not be surprised if they do blow it up to a degree where – Maybe some players that are under a bigger contract, maybe like a Harris, Ty, um, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. So like, he 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 could be moved. So hypothetically you know? speaking, if he mm-hmm. is to be moved, given his level of production and the dollar amount on his contract, what kind of market are we looking at for a guy like Tobias Harris? Mm, I don't know. That's, I mean, that, you, that's the you, question you, we have to ask. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to get maybe like two players in a, a second round pick because you know at the NBA level you got to match mm-hmm. up the money. You know, you're yeah, not really exactly. trading the player; you're trading the contract. Right. Um. So yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe we can get like and that's two guys from Utah. It, it gets complicated when you start thinking about what what two players you can make mm-hmm. the money work and yeah. still find some value in getting that <laughs> trade. And Kareem is trying to trade him for a grilled cheese sandwich, which <laughs> exactly. on a on a cold night is a really you know, good look. Because if, um, if you could throw in some tomato soup, you might you know you might have something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, man. I think that we are going to get to a point where. If this team doesn't make it to the conference finals, everybody's going to be done with this team. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Fan base, front office, everybody. So I would not be surprised. Um, they'll probably keep him being, but they would definitely probably just break it down and try to build it right back up because he still has a lot of basketball left. Which we've seen that too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, yo, break it down real quick. All right, all right get, get it back up. Let's try to make another run. Uh, but one thing I heard Kevin Durant say, 
And uh, I'll leave you guys with this. Mm. KD said he likes Philly and he likes the talent that, that Philly has. He said the problem is they've had so many players, so many different starter lineups, like they don't have the co- cohesion and consistency needed to make it to that next level. And, and um, he said that two seasons ago, um, and he's, he's, he's got some truth to it. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't had the revolving door that we've had in quite some time because mm-hmm. Green is back, Curry mm-hmm. is back, mm-hmm. Harris, you know, and B. So they have some consistency, but, but now you're they went through so many ben. years, right, yeah. and then losing Ben, and they went through so many years where it was like here, 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 mm-hmm. and then now here we go again. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see, man. Uh, no, last question before I let you go. Mm-hmm. A little off topic, but report I heard was that there is another organization who co- might be eyeing Elton Brand for a job. Any I heard tr- that. It, it, what, yeah. what is the level of truth to that? All right, so this is all I'll say. When I have inklings about the Sixers, mm-hmm. or Elton particularly, I text them and I say, this is what I'm thinking. Can you confirm or deny? And he says, ah, I can't answer that. And then a couple <laughs> weeks later, it comes out. And then I hit him back like, I knew it, man. Mm-hmm. At least at least give me the satisfaction that I called it. And then he'll mm-hmm. be like, yeah, you're right. Because I told him, I was like, you're going to be the next general manager. And he's like, ah, I can't confirm or deny. Then it came out and I was like, come on, man. I know you text mm-hmm. Keith Pompey. But you could have texted me too, because I I had the idea first. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because yeah, people are looking at him, and you know he brought Jimmy to Philadelphia, and that was a big splash. And mm-hmm. and he's he's a player's guy, so he's going to have a job, and he has that Duke pedigree. He likes this area though. Mm-hmm. So will he accept the position? That's the question. But people are definitely. You know, calling him up for sure. Okay. All right. Uh, Ag, what you working on right now? What's what's what you got uh, cooking? I know I know you always working on something special, man. What you yeah. Got? So um, I'm working on uh, a potential story based around um, Rashid Wallace and Aaron McKee. Mm-hmm. That sounds like yeah. fun. Yeah, because they 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 played on they played for Grax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Obviously, she was a freshman and, and McKee was a senior. But to see them where they are now as coaches in the mm-hmm. AAC, yep. um, it's interesting. So I have a call with ESPN tomorrow to see if we're going to make that happen. And mm-hmm. then the other thing I'm working on is um, if you play 2K22, mm-hmm. uh, look for me in the game. It's oh, I, heard I was this. actually just about I heard to mention this. I heard this big time. I heard this big time. Yeah, man. AG is so, on 2K. I was just about yeah. to break that up. Yeah, I, was, I, I wasn't going to let you slide out of here no. without you talking. No, big, that no big time. Like, I knew you were big time, but you're too yeah. big time. <laughs> yeah, big it's time pretty cool, AG. man. People, uh, people have been seeing me show up. Uh-huh. And then I've they seen, I've seen it personally and I was oh, gonna nice. call you out on it. My man is my man is on a video game. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a dream come true, man. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I enjoy when people be like, yo, wait a minute. 
Wait, hold on, hold on a second. Yo, you in my game. Mm. Like, yeah. I, I, said, I had that experience personally about a week and a half ago. Mm. I was like, hold up. That's AG. Yeah. Like, I knew he was the man, but he's still k Yeah, I appreciate like, that, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, the little the little kid in us. Exactly. You know, we, we like stuff like that, man. Yes, sir. You know? yes, sir. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, mm. it's a blessing, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Kareem. I appreciate that, brother. <laughs> Kareem checking and watching and appreciate that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. All right, yeah, well, what, well, once again, man, Anthony, we appreciate it, man. Always oh, a no pleasure. Doubt, you, know, you know you always got a standing invitation. Anytime you want to talk about something, come on in. Just give us a call. We, You know, we tag you right in, man. Thank you for this, man. Oh, appreciate it, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, y'all be easy, brother. All right, man. Yeah. Take care of yourself, All man. Right. Peace. Peace. All right, one more time. That was Anthony Gilbert from NBA.com and NBA 2K22. That's that's how we go. That's how we go start introducing him from now on, from from now on. That's Anthony Gilbert from NBA 2K22. <laughs> All right. Once again, if you got thought on today's podcast, just hit us up. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BITW Sports or at Jonesy and Brown. Make sure you are following us. Make sure you subscribe to that podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, just search Best in the World Sports. We are now on the TuneIn Radio app. Just search Best in the World Sports. And you can always get the latest from Jonesy and Brown. My name is John Brown. That's Mike Jones. We out of here, y'all. Peace. Peace. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown.